exciting for this morning. The Lord really challenged me on something. And uh, you can see that picture on there. We're going to preach on death today. Uh, time to go home, yes. <laughs> Who of you visit, have been in a graveyard? You've walked through there. Okay. What is a graveyard filled with? Bones. Dead people. But also a lot of, of uh, unaccomplished dreams and callings that went to the grave with those people. But something on a gra- in a graveyard that we find is the tombstones. And on most of the tombstones, we find something that you only, not only, but mostly just see on tombstones. You see the day of birth and you see the day of death. You see those two dates at the bottom. And they linked with a little hyphen. And that is something interesting. Because the question is, can a place like a graveyard remind us of God's purpose? Or is it just a place where we dig holes and bury the guys that is no more? All the bodies that's been used up goes in there. Or does a graveyard also testify? About God's purpose. And I want to prove to you today. Like, the, like, like in scripture it says. If, if, if you're not going to call out to me. The stones will, will call out. They will cry out. And these are stones. And these stones are crying out. For every time you go into a graveyard. And you look at those tombstones. They are crying out. And they're saying something. But I want us to focus on what is important here. And today I want to talk about those two dates and that little hyphen in between. That's what I want to talk about today. Have you ever seen a tombstone with a third date on it? Have you ever seen that? I've never seen that. I've never seen a tombstone with a third date on it. And it should actually be there. It should be up there. So I'm going to prove a couple of things today. So I'm an evangelist by heart. So when I preach, I preach the gospel. And the purpose why I'm preaching the gospel is to point to Jesus So that people can get saved. And if it doesn't accomplish that, I've missed the point. Then I should just be quiet. We look at two dates. And I want to focus on those two dates. And I want to make a statement. That that date of birth and that date of death. Was given by God. Do you believe me? You had nothing to do with it. You remember I asked you? Can you remember the day you were born? 
No, you can't. Because you were too young. But your parents reminded you of it. Listen to this scripture, Ecclesiastes 3.1. For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. I'm, I'm, I'm referring to ESV and that's NIV. I asked him to put it up on NIV as well. A time to be born and a time to die. So it tells me in scripture that a time to be born and a time to die has been set in place. Okay, if you don't believe me anymore, let me just wiggle this baby. <laughs> Acts 17, 24 to 26. The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands, as thou they needed anything, since he himself given to all mankind life and breath and everything. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth. Listen to this. Having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling places. There it's again. God has determined the beginning of our life and the end of our life. It's been determined. Let me prove it again. Psalm 139, verse 13 to 16. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was hot, not hidden from you when I was being made in a secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. Now listen to this. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet they were none of them. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, God has already written in his book, in your book. He opened a book. There's a book for each one of us in heaven. He opened that book and he said, Anton Delport, his life is going to start on this day and time and he's gonna die on this date and time it is written in your book in heaven by God himself does that convince you that God is in charge of those two dates we're not in charge of it Job 14 5 since this days are determined oh sorry since his days are determined and the number of his months is with you. And you have appointed this limit that he cannot pass. Or he cannot cross. Or he cannot go beyond that. It has been written very clearly. So God is the one that can give life and take life. So God determines those two dates. You agree with me? 
We can't determine those. Those are being determined by God. Okay. And it's very interesting that the day you were born, the doctor wrote in a, in, in a book the time and the date of your birth. You can go, and I believe if you take, just help me, if you take your, 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 your birth certificate, you will see a time and a date on there. It's been written in the records on this earth as it was written in the records of heaven. And the day you die, and if, if it's in hospital or wherever it is, the person with the highest authority in that room will call out the time of death and it will be written in a book on this earth as it is written in the books in heaven. Do you understand how important these times are? But there's something short on that gravestone. And I haven't seen it on another gravestone. But there's something that I would like to add on a gravestone. And that is behind the last date, there should be an infinity sign. Do you agree with me? So what does that mean? It means that we will never die. Saved or unsaved will live forever. So if you believed that when you reach that last date, then it's all over and you're going to do this in a place and wait for whatever. You got it wrong. We are all going to live forever. Can I prove it to you? John 10, 27 to 28. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they will follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. They will never perish. There's the proof of it. If you accept Jesus Christ as your King and Savior and He's in control of your life, you will live forever. You will not perish. There Jesus said it. Isn't that amazing? Wow, that's amazing. But here's the scary part. Revelations 2010. And the devil who had deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur where the beast and the false prophet were. And they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. So the devil and his cronies and all the unsaved on the day of judgment will be put into the fire. And they will be tormented there forever and ever. So we are going to live forever. So on that gravestone should be infinity sign with two arrows. You're right? We're going to change the graveyard today. It's two arrows showing there. This arrow. You will live forever in the presence of the King of Kings and the Creator of the universe and the other arrows. You will be tormented forever and ever in hell, which God never intended for anyone that He created. 
I hope we scare you. Because I am scared. My goodness, difficult preaching from this thing. I can't see that far. there's something that that changed everything. If I look at those dates, and I just look at the two dates with that little hyphen in between, that is the time God gave me and you on this earth to live out His purpose. When Adam and Eve sinned and was kicked out of the Garden of Eden, God had to change his plan. And his original plan was that they will walk with God at the cool of day, every day. Not with, with God, with the Father. Walk with him like they did. And sin came and separated us from the glory of God. And because of sin that separated us from the glory of God, God said, and there's a scripture that said, he wanted to wipe everything off. Human beings, everything he made, he said, I am so hurt that I ever made them. And the word says, but he found favor in Noah. And because of Noah, God said, I will change my plan. And I will do everything to bring them back to my original plan. That's God's heart, is to get us back into his original plan. So on that gravestone should be a third date. There should be a third date there. Forgive me if I'm going to challenge you. Forgive me if I'm going to challenge you. Do you remember your birth date on earth? Jamie, when were you born? Cleo, when were you born? Yesterday. How many years ago? Nine years ago. We all know that date, don't we? Okay. When did you get married? (laughs) But you know that date. Those who are married... You, you, you should know that date, and if you don't know that date, you're going to be in serious trouble. <laughs> but we all know that date, don't we? Can you remember when you met her? What did it feel like? Uh. <laughs> we'll pray for you, brother. Michael, when you met Lisa, what happened? Can you remember that day? Can you, can you remember what you felt like? Can you remember what it looked like? Can you remember what she smelled like? I wasn't that close. You wasn't that close. <laughs> you, you did it from a distance. So we know these dates and we remember those times. I want to ask you this question today, and this is the challenge. 
Do you remember when you decided to believe in Jesus Christ as your King and Savior? Can you remember that time? Can you remember what it looked like? Can you remember what was the environment that it happened in? Some of us remember the specific date. I'm privileged to remember the specific date. Some of us don't remember the specific date. But you remembered what happened there. I think we can take death off the screen. <laughs> Thank you, Leon. <laughs> Because we need to preach hope here. <laughs> I remember. was nine years old. Eleven o'clock. Thursday morning. The second of February. 1967. The Lord spoke to me audibly. And I made a commitment to say, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for me. And I believe that you were rose from the dead. How did I know that? I was nine years old, and with all respect, please hear me. I was still in the Dutch Reformed Church, going once a month to church and watching my watch all the time. How did I know this? Because when you're in his presence and when you look into his face, you will remember. You cannot forget it. You cannot forget it. And if you do, that date wasn't important for you. I remembered the smell in my room. I remembered where I sat on the bed. I remembered what, what his voice, what it sounds like when he spoke my name. I'll never forget that. That has become the most important date in my life. Because that date hyphen, that experience, hyphen, that powerful encounter changed that last date. And it took the sting out of that last date. He said that day is not the last day in the presence of God. That is only the beginning What did Dan preach last week? We're trying to quiet out that ticking of the time in our hearts. Because how many people make that decision way into that dates that God has given to us? And we're trying to fix it. And we're trying to push everything in there. Because they weren't men 
and women brave enough to challenge me on that or challenge you. And forgive me, I'm not here to tell you good stories. I'm here to challenge you, to tell you, I don't want you to be in hell. I want you to live forever with your family in the presence of God, in that powerful place called earth. Now, now I'm shocking you again. You know, I like putting my finger in the jam and stir it. Because heaven is a temporary place. We're going to live forever on the earth, a new earth. You get that? We're teaching a lot today. Remember this. Romans 10, 9, Paul said this, Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved from the second death. That's not in the Bible, but that's what it actually means. You will be saved from the second death. When the enemy attack, I put up a poster. I put up a poster that reads, 11 o'clock, Thursday, 2nd of February, 1967. I don't have to show him anything more than that. I show him that. And when I show him that, it reminds him of the decision I made and the process that started in my life. And he can't do anything about it. Because that changed my life. Jesus changed my life. That's what it's all about. Can you remember that powerful experience? Or when you ask, you say, no, I grew up in a Christian family and we read Bible and they told me about Jesus and yeah, I'm a Christian. Do you have, have you had that experience of the king walking into your life and you're responding to his call and saying, you're mine. And you respond and say, I'm yours and you're mine. I want you to control my life. I want you to lead me. I want you to show me. That's what it's all about. It's making that decision, putting that third date and some of us can't remember the date. Who of you can remember the date? Praise God. Who of you can't remember the date? But you can remember the experience. I mean, I remembered when I met Angelique. I can't remember the date, but I know what it felt like when I looked at her. And she constantly have to remind me on that so I can get that feeling again. No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> but the word is very clear. It's when you believe with your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that He died on the cross and He was risen from the dead and He was taken up into heaven and He sent us the Holy Spirit. You will be saved. From the second death. 
Once you made that decision, you've started the process. You remember what I preached a couple of weeks ago? The process start. Many of us think, Jesus come into my life, poof, virwakan mirror. It smells like heaven and everything is done and now I can carry on with my life. It's like getting on a horse and say, I can manage it and fall off the other side. It is only the start of the process. So what happens when you make that decision? You need to become part of what God has put together to help us. And the first thing God may put together for us to help us, He sent us the Holy Spirit to guide us and to comfort us. I'll talk about comfort now. To comfort us. And then He, he created a church. You and me. So that when you make that decision, you need to walk out your salvation. You need to be amongst people what they constantly remind you that you are saved. That will remind you of the third date. That will remind you of that experience you had. There was times that I thought, Lord, I don't think I'm saved. And then people that love me will remind me. You remember the 2nd of February, 1967. And just prophetically, Billy, just, just stand up and turn to the congregation. I want to show them something. God is prophetic. Look, turn. what's the date on his t-shirt? 1967. That was just for me. And you know what? God let him put on a t-shirt this morning to remind me of that. Because it's in times of difficulty that we forget that our king and our savior is the one that can help us. We just want to give up. But that a man like a villi walking to the church with the date of my birth on it and say, I just want to remind you. And it gives me strength to walk it through. And to do the things that are. And then you need to become part of a community group. Because it doesn't help you come to a Sunday here. And you listen to what I've got to say. And you get on the horse. And the horse pulls away. And by Tuesday you're on the back of your head. And the horse is gone. And everybody is gone. Community life is where we live together. That's the small groups that we live during the week. And that's where we speak into one another's lives. That's where we remind one another that God saved you. There's where we remind you how to get things done, how to walk this through. It's a, yeah, thank you. That is the importance of it all. We need friends. We need family. Here's your family. What did Jesus say to his mother? When he said, your mother is outside, he said, who's my mother and my sisters? You are. Here's your family. And who of you haven't noticed family is dirty business? Huh? There's diapers. It's smell. The food burn. Things go wrong. 
There's misunderstandings, but yet we stand committed to the decision we made is to be with one another. Anton this morning said, when he met Fimke, he didn't know what, what life is going to be like. He didn't know much about life. But yet, he made that commitment. Yet, he stood with her. And that changed their lives. And look at the children. Look at them as a family. Changing our lives. That is what family is all about. Don't worry about the time. I'm coming in for a landing. Because you need to hear the Holy Spirit more than you need to hear me this morning. I'm going to give you something that I've never heard preached before. And I hope it will encourage you. Now, I don't want to preach on the pre-tribulation. Jesus going to be, are we going to be raptured? before, midway, or after the tribulation. I, there's many theories about that. What is important for me is there's difficult times coming. And David Pawson said something beautiful. He said, the Holy Spirit is our comforter. The focus is on fort. He comes and make us a fortress. That we will be able to stand against difficult times. I love that. I went to look for the Hebrew, the Greek, and the Latin, and all that stuff, and I can't find it in there. But you know, it made sense to me. Because we must be like the Holy Spirit. We need to comfort one another. We need to teach one another. We need to strengthen one another. That when the difficult times come, we will be able to stand. Does that make sense? That's our job in this church, in this family. We need to protect one another so that we can stand firm when things are difficult. Now I'm going to shock you. You've never thought of this. Maybe if you did, bless you. Do you know when Jesus come to this earth, he's going to rule for a thousand years. You agree with that? Go and read the revelations if you don't. It's called the millennium. Thousand year of peace. Jesus is going to rule. Who is he bringing with him when he come? Us that has passed away and those that still live on earth. He will take up and we'll meet him in the clouds and we will come and rule on this earth for a thousand years. Are you ready to rule with Jesus for a thousand years? Because surprise, surprise, at the battle of Armageddon, just before Jesus come, there will be thousands, millions, whatever people that will gather around Jerusalem to wipe out Christianity. And Jesus is going to sort them out. So he's not going to sort out everybody that is unsaved. They will still for that thousand years be on this earth amongst us. Are you willing 
to govern a town? Are you willing and ready to govern an area? Will you be able to do it? We need to prepare for it. Because this time now, where you get involved in church, you will be equipped how to lead people, how to govern, by learning how to govern and rule your own life in Jesus' ways. So that when we come for that thousand years with Jesus, we will be able to rule with Him for a thousand years. And the last nugget that I want to throw at you, Revelation 20. There's going to be a judgment day. And if you read there, books are going to be opened and then the book of life. I'm going to say it again. Go and read it. Books will be opened and then the book of life. What books? The one I spoke of in the beginning. When Anton was born, God opened a book called Anton Delport. And the date of birth and the time was written in it. And everything he has done has been written in there. And you know what's so encouraging? It's when the Holy Spirit leads us. He shows us, you've sinned there. And what do we do when he shows us, I've sinned? What do we do? We confess it. What does confess mean? We bring it into the light so it can lose its power. And once it loses its power, we repent. That's a 180 degree turn. And then we, yes, so that was a military turn. Hmm. I almost broke my leg. <laughs> then we turn and we repent from it. And when we repent from sin, what does God do? He remember no more. He scratched it out of your book. What a privilege. When Jesus is in control of your life and we're led by the Holy Spirit to land up on judgment day and stand there and say, Lord, I'm so excited because I, I want to work so hard for that day that when the Lord opens that book, the only stuff left over in that book it's all the good stuff I've done. Because God says, I'll blot out when you repent, confess and repent. I want to empty that book, the negative side. But unfortunately for the unsaved, they'll have to give account of everything they've done wrong. Because that's written in there. But so we will also give account on everything we've done. Two Corinthians six one, Cleon, can I, get, I didn't give it to you. Can you maybe just put that scripture up to me, uh, for me? Two Corinthians six verse one, I trust it's the right one. I just got it. No, okay, forget it. Sorry, I missed that one. 
I'll find it. But you'll find it. Go Google. Google Bible this today is a day of salvation. Today is a day of salvation. There's some of us sitting here and you can't even remember that experience. You've never had that experience. You can't even remember it. You can't even remember the most important time that changed your life. But today is a good day to put that third date on your gravestone. It's a good day that you need to put on, on, on that poster. When the enemy come, they say, whoa, read and sweat. That is a good day to accept Jesus Christ and to declare, thank you. And what was the scripture? 2 Corinthians, I missed it so closely, thank you. For he says, in an acceptable time, I've heard you, and the day of salvation, I've helped you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Thank you, Vali. Hallelujah.